Are you at a career crossroads and thinking about what's next for you? For career change tips, stories and resources, sign up to our newsletter at whatshedidnext.com.au. I mean, if I knew everything that was involved in creating a small business from the ground up, you know, I probably wouldn't have done it. But once I got started, I just kept putting one foot in front of the other. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of What She Did Next. I'm your host, Jackie Uwe, and this is a podcast where I talk to women about their inspiring career changes. That feeling of burnout at work is something many of us can relate to, and for my guest today, it was the catalyst to embark on a whole new career. Emma McMillan loved many things about her job as a high school teacher, But after 12 years, the workload and hours had simply become unmanageable. When she fell pregnant with her son, she spent her year of mat leave exploring what else might be out there for her. And when she couldn't find a job that she wanted, she decided to create it herself. Dreaming of a more flexible work life, Emma did some short courses in copywriting and starting a business and realised this was something she enjoyed and could see herself doing. Six years on, she's built a successful business as a freelance copywriter and copywriting coach, helping people become more skilled and confident writers. Emma has so many great insights to share about how she started over in a completely new industry and built a business from the ground up, and we find out whether she has in fact found the flexibility she was looking for. Please welcome from Melbourne, Emma McMillan. So you have a story that I think a lot of women will relate to, particularly around that desire for a more flexible career. But I wanted to start with your first career as a high school teacher, which I think you were doing for about 12 years. So can you give us a bit of a snapshot of your teaching background and where your interest in teaching came from? Yeah, for sure. So that's an interesting question because I think when I was gearing up to leave school, you know, I I didn't still know what I wanted to do. I, I had you know, was doing subjects that aligned with all my passions. So theater and literature and history and things like that. Um, so I guess I just followed my passions to university and did a degree in creative arts, um, and majored in theater studies, but also in creative writing. And then as the three years was coming to an end, I realized I didn't know what was going to come next. So I thought, I feel like I need something else to just kind of do in the meantime. And for me, That led me into a diploma of dance teaching and business management. And I thought maybe one day I'd open up a dance school. That was sort of where I thought I'd head with that, stay in the creative (laughs) industries. But then I did a lot of dance teaching while I was doing my study and realized that that was all, you know, evenings after school, Saturday mornings. And I thought I'd rather just teach in a way that was more structured um, and wasn't when everyone else was catching up or um, doing all the, the other things outside of work. So from there, I went on and I did a diploma in education. And my mum was wrapped because she was a teacher for her whole career. Um, she loved it. And look, I thought it was something that I'd probably enjoy and something that I thought I would be quite good at. Um, but I also went into it with a sense that it wasn't going to be my forever career. Right. So, you know, I did enjoy it for a long time. I taught in a few different schools. Um But what started to happen was that the administrative side just became completely overwhelming. 
Um, and I felt like I was just chasing my tail all the time. And I moved into sort of management positions, so leading teams of people in performing arts, for example. And I just felt like there was just never ending lists. And I'd find myself at my desk early in the morning, late at night, skipping the gym, skipping the things, you know, the catch-ups. And for half a year, I was putting on these productions that, you know, meant I was doing Sunday afternoon rehearsals and nighttime rehearsals, all the things that I never wanted to do in the first place. So you said you knew almost from the outset it might not be a forever career. And at the age of 35, you did embark on a pretty major career shift. So can you tell us a bit more about what was happening in your life when you decided to make the change? And yeah, what was the turning point for you? Yeah, so I think there was a couple of things that had been going on. And one of them was that, you know, thinking back to my university days, I'd studied writing theatre and then dance was my other kind of passion. And I felt like I'd really spent a long time in theatre and dance then in education, but I hadn't really done anything with the writing. So that was feeling like it was a part of me that I wanted to explore in some way. Um, I didn't exactly know how, but, you know, in the background on and off for a few years, I'd sort of been researching, you know, things that I might do. And I'd heard of this thing called copywriting. I didn't really know much about it or whether I needed to retrain or what it involved, but I just sort of was doing a bit of research. Um, at the same time, I guess I, I'd gotten to a point literally with the, um, with the teaching that I thought if I, you know, I can't keep up this full time, I'm going to have to go part time. Um, it's just becoming unmanageable and I'm just losing all my love for it. Um, and then I fell pregnant. So I kind of got myself a year off. <laughs> um, and what I, had in that time was actually space to think for the first time. Right. Because I think what I realized is that, you know, I was so busy in the day to day as so many of us are, it's like you don't actually have that time to think about where to next. Mm. Um, you're so busy just going through the motions and, you know, changing career is such a big decision. You can't just sort of you know, dip in and out of that thought process, you really need to give it some space. And so when I was on leave, my son was born and I spent the following um, almost 12 months at home with him. You know, it was busy, but it was also pretty monotonous and repetitive (laughs) at times. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I had some space to just explore, you know, what else I could do. And it started with looking for another role um, out of teaching, I thought, oh, maybe I'll work, you know, um, in an education program, or maybe I will follow writing or communications into like an arts education, um, or arts, you know, program, um, mm. or organization, or maybe I'll, I don't know. And I just couldn't find the job that I thought that I might want. And then I thought, well, I'm just going to make it myself then. And I, um, I came back to that idea of copywriting and I, um, got in touch with the Australian Writers' Centre, which uh, offer a lot of short courses. And so they had a couple of courses available um, in sort of copywriting essentials because I thought, you know, I've written before, but I, I probably don't have the exact skills that I need or I'm not sure exactly how copywriting is different from 
you know, other types yeah, of writing. I was, <laughs> was going to say for people listening who might not understand the difference, can you just give a brief description of what copywriting is? Yes, absolutely. Well, essentially, I guess it's any writing um, that's really designed to to market and sell something. So it's different to content writing in that content writing, you know, doesn't necessarily um, isn't necessarily selling anything. Um, you know, it might just be sort of a, a blog article or a, an informative sort of piece. Copywriting is more like, you know, website copy, um, things like that, where yeah. um, it is a marketing piece. Yeah. So I did a couple of those courses and I did them um, at night online and it was kind of really uh, nice to just sort of be be learning again and be doing something that felt like it was it was exciting, it was for me um, and a little bit of a challenge while I was on this mat leave break. So you've now established yourself as a freelance copywriter and more recently a copywriting coach. So can you tell us a bit more about the business that you've set up? And I gather you're working mainly with small businesses? I am. I'm working probably two-thirds with small businesses and then probably a third with sort of larger organisations. And I've set it up in such a way that I have a a copywriting arm to the business where I support people directly with um, writing mostly website copy, but also it might be emails, sales pages, things like that. And then I also have this coaching um, to my business where I actually work to empower people to write with more confidence um, in a way that feels more fun and free and flowing um, because so many people come to me and they just, they're really lacking the confidence, especially sole sole business owners um, to write about themselves or, you know, similarly, it might be someone who's just started a role within an organization and they're tasked with a lot of writing and perhaps that's not their specialty or not where they've, you know, had their background. And so those people come to me and just get some support with, say, developing a writing practice or some tools to actually deal with a blank page, those sorts of things. So I do that um, one-on-one with people as well. Okay. And so, I mean, that is a pretty big shift from your previous life as a high school teacher um, and you talked about some of the steps that you took to embark on that journey. So you studied, how long did the course take you? Like was it something that you could easily do in, in your mat leave period? Yeah, the courses were really accessible. They were just five weeks each. So it was just sort of five weeks um, studying at night, little, you know, homework tasks to complete during the week where we got feedback. Um, and at the same time I was getting a, a friend who's um, – partner had just become a website designer to build me a website in the background as well. Um, I think it was very much became calling on like who was around me, who I knew. (laughs) Um, And in fact, that's how I kind of got the business started in the first place was literally sending an email out to everyone I knew saying, hey, this is what I'm doing now. Um, If you know anyone who might be looking for something, um, (laughs) you know, get in touch with me. And that was sort of also me just owning that as well and saying like, I'm actually going to put it out there and say, this is what I'm doing now. Mm. And how did that feel? Because, you know, one thing I'm really interested in is that shift in identity that obviously comes with making a career change. And, you know, that can be having to navigate that shift in your own mind, but it can also be other people's perceptions. Like if your friends have, or your partner or whoever it might be, your mum has always known you as a teacher and suddenly here you are saying, right, I'm a copywriter now <laughs> and I can help you with your business. Like how did 
how did that shift occur for you and was it hard? Yeah, that was a really interesting one. The person who had the strongest reaction actually was my principal. So I had gone back to teach part-time just a couple of days the following year while I was building the business up. And then it got to the point and I thought, I can't do this anymore. And I went into the office and I resigned on the spot. And she said, are you sure about this? You know, you can take a year's leave without pay. And I said, I don't want to. Like, I just felt like I I really was desperate to carve out this new identity. I felt like when I become a parent that I, like the old identity wasn't feeling like it was necessarily the right fit anymore anyway. So it felt like a really good time, in fact, to sort of carve out something completely different um, but what I also have realized more and more over the years, you know, I'm, this is my sixth year, um, in my business is that what I have done is I've actually just used the skills that I always had, mm-hmm. that I was building in my previous career. And I've just translated them into a different context. And I think that's what was really interesting because I thought I was doing something completely different. And I am in terms of how I deliver it and, you know, obviously the freedom and flexibility I have to, you know, create my own work schedule, that sort of thing. But it's actually not incredibly different in terms of the skills that I'm using. So, yeah, what are some of those, you know, that that idea of transferable skills is another thing we talk about a lot. And it's not always obvious, I think, till you make the change you know, how much of your old career you can bring in or how much you've learnt or, you know, built in terms of skills from your old career that can help you in your new career. So can you give some examples of what you have carried across? Yeah, well, I think, you know, it's always been really important to me to build people's confidence. And, you know, as a teacher, I was always, you know, a massive cheerleader of kids. Whatever was a challenge for them, like, I guess when it comes to either writing or or performance, you know, they all had different challenges. Um, You know, I remember one uh, student I had who, you know, she just couldn't even perform her piece in front of her small class. For her even, you know, sitting with me at a lunchtime and performing it just to me was a huge thing for her. Um, And and those sorts of things to be able to give um, kids and now adults that space to actually just have a go and see what happens. And often it's the the confidence that comes from just trying something and cr- building that supportive environment for that to happen. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. The other thing I think a lot of women worry about is the money side of making a career change. And, you know, as you said, there was a period, I think, where you were still working part-time and, you know, it takes time, as we know, <laughs> to build up a business. So how did you plan for or manage that financial transition? Look, I've got to be honest, it probably could have been planned for a bit more effectively. But um, (laughs) look, I was in a fortunate position at that time where my husband had a full-time role and I was able to say to him, listen, you know, can we put a a period of time on this um, where, you know, we say this is is the amount of time um, during which I want to be able to reach a certain um, level of income and so on. And and if I do, I think this is a sustainable choice. Um, And, you know, he was really supportive in giving me that opportunity and that space to test it out and try it. Um, I also think that kind of approach really suited my personality in that without the backup plan, 
you know, I was all in. Um, mm. And I worry that if I had given myself something to fall back on, I would have fallen back on it. Um, and that wasn't what I wanted. But I do know for a lot of other people, you know, that's not the way that they would prefer to do it. They would prefer to actually, you know, put some savings aside and so on. And so that it feels a bit more um, comfortable um, so that it feels, you know, a bit, a bit of a safer choice in a way. And I completely respect that um, as well. You know, it's a bit scarier now because my husband and I both run our own businesses. So um, had he been in that position at that time, you know, that would have been a different story, but we did have that element of stability at the time. Yeah. So you did it at the right time. (laughs) Um, And so what would you say has been the biggest obstacle you've had to overcome to make your career change? Oh, so many things. I think I get in my own way a lot. And I think we do that, um, particularly as women, you know, it's just as easy for us to talk ourselves out of things as it is to talk ourselves into things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think one of the things I have done is surrounded myself with so many um, women who I really admire and respect who are doing things that I'm really excited by, who've got so much beautiful wisdom and advice to impart. And I think, yeah, just for me getting myself out of my own head, and just hearing what's possible, seeing what's possible, that has kept me really motivated over the years. Um, I share a workspace with a collective of women and they've just been like the most incredible supports and we're all able to kind of, you know, push each other um, in a friendly way and troubleshoot with each other and strategize and that sort of thing. So that's been a really um, wonderful thing to cultivate. Mm. And I guess what's been the most useful strategy or tool that's helped you on the journey? So perhaps, you know, joining a co-working space has been one. Is there any other recommendations you can impart? Yeah, I've got a couple of things um, that I think have been really helpful. One of them is that even when I was sort of thinking about entering the industry of, you know, copywriting and um, communications, I listened to a lot of podcasts sort of on the topic because I wanted to know what it was actually like to be in in that industry. And I think that's some advice that I'd give to your listeners is to say, you know, find out as much as you can about what it actually is like to work in the industry that you're thinking about moving to, because it may be very different from the inside. Um, So, you know, whether that be that, you know, you may know people who, who work in that space or, yeah, as I said, podcasts I found really valuable for me just to give me a bit more of that insight and also confirm the things that I had thought in that, yes, this is something that I would like to pursue. Um, I also read a great book. Uh, it's by a woman called Fiona Kalaki, and she's a, um, a marketing and business coach in Melbourne. It's a book called Passion, Purpose, Profit. And it's not, it, it is designed for small business owners, but I think it's really transferable as well. And one of the things that she does really well, it's sort of a, I guess a workbook in a way. Um, and she really focuses on getting you to think about what are your skills and strengths and how do they apply to, to different situations? And also what's the sort of impact that you want to make through the work that you do? Um, and so really good questions around, you know, those sorts of things. And I think there was another one you mentioned on your, um, background info about she mentors, which is actually one of the ways that we connected. So can you tell people a bit about that? Because I think it's a really interesting um, mechanism, I suppose, to connect women that aren't necessarily even in your own community, but across the country. 
Absolutely. I mean, She Mentors has been such an incredible part of my world for the past couple of years. And, you know, the way that, you know, we're able to, you know, mentor and be mentored um, in all sorts of different topics. And it, for me, I just kind of go, you know, what's on my mind right now? I feel like I need support with X, Y, Z at the moment, you know, I've got a new podcast and I'm trying to get advice from people, you know, yes. um, around podcasting. And so, you know, it's, it's you're tapping into this network of just, um, incredible expertise. Um, and it's been so valuable and that sense of community too. And it's women, you know, who are not just in business, who are working for organizations, all sorts of, um, roles and things. But I think there's so many, common themes that emerge and and so much that we all have in common as well. Mm. So that's kind of for people that aren't familiar with it, a membership-based model where essentially you exchange an hour of mentoring with other women on the site and you can, it's almost a little bit like a dating. Yeah. <laughs> Not that I'm on any of those, but how I imagine they are, um, where yeah, you have a profile up and you can see, yeah, this woman has experience in X or Y and then you can request, yeah, an hour of mentoring with her. It's, I found it really valuable as well. Um, so as you said, you're entering your sixth year of business. What would you say has been the biggest lesson you've learned on the journey so far? Biggest lesson, I think that we can just do whatever we put our minds to, really. I mean, if I knew everything that was involved in creating a small business from the ground up, you know, I probably wouldn't have done it. But once I got started, I just kept putting one foot in front of the other. And I think that persistence and that showing up and that just continuing to sit at my desk each day, even the days I didn't feel like it, um, (laughs) is what has made this, you know, um, a successful business. And, and I've gotten so much satisfaction from it. You know, I still have challenges trying to structure my time and actually build in the freedom and flexibility that I was seeking in the first place. But I think we, we can do incredible things. And by bringing people around us too, who can support us in whatever our vision is, um, I think so much is possible. Well, I was going to ask you about the best part of your work life now and whether you did achieve the flexibility you were after. But I guess also, you know, because setting up a business is time consuming, but I think it's also about looking to the future. As you said, like if you stayed in teaching, that flexibility was almost guaranteed to never be there because you're working to set schedules. Whereas while starting a business, I guess, can be tough in the first few years, it is partly about the future flexibility and the future, you know, you're setting up for yourself. Is that, is that been your experience? 100%. Yeah. And, you know, to be able to do things like drop my son at school in the morning, you know, I just, I would never have been able to, to be there at, at nine o'clock, um, in the morning, you know, saying goodbye to him. There's something really beautiful about that and doing a lunchtime yoga class, like those sorts of things. I just, I have to pinch myself some days. Um, mm. and that's not to say that there's not the occasional, you know, evening to make up for things or, you know, as you say, there, there are really busy times as well. But I think to, to be so much more in control of the time and the schedule. Um, is just, it's very freeing. Yeah. Yeah. And so what's next for you in your life and career? Yeah. Well, this year, my big hairy goal is to <laughs> actually transform my one to one coaching into a group program. And I feel like in a way that's kind of really going to knit together my passions for educating 
and, um, you know, writing kind of all together. And I'm hoping to, yeah, run a course, um, course slash group program where people come together in a, in a small group to, um, to work on their writing confidence and skills together. And that will be an online course? That will be an online course. Yeah. Great. So we can keep an eye out for that. (laughs) So we're all about women making brave choices on this podcast and you've made some pretty brave leaps in your life and career. So what would you say has been your bravest moment and how did you find the courage to go for it? Uh, Walking into my principal's office and and resigning from my full-time permanent role felt um, a little bit crazy but was... (laughs) I just felt like a weight was lifted off once I'd done it. And how did you sort of build up the courage to do that? I'm sure, I mean, was it a long time coming? Did you just rip off the Band-Aid? <laughs> I think it was It was a long time coming, but once I decided, I literally booked in, you know, that day. It was like, I'm just going to do it. So before I lose my nerve. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> just jump in. Um, and I think a lot of us find inspiration from other women too, particularly when it comes to our career paths. But what, who are some of the women that you look to and who inspire you? Oh, I think, you know, we've talked about She Mentors already. Someone like Ali Aidy, who's the founder of She Mentors, is, you know, I, I really admire the way that she's brought so many incredible women together. Um, the women around me, you know, that I share my collective with who all run their own businesses in different fields is incredibly inspiring. Um, friends who, who I have who've, you know, made big geographical moves, things like that. I, you know, I'm inspired by so many women. I, I can't, I can't choose one, <laughs> but, um, but anyone who, who has a big, you know, a big goal and just makes the leap, I think is super inspiring. And we did talk about some recommendations already, but is there one more thing (laughs) you could recommend perhaps to watch, read or listen to for any aspiring career changes out there? Yeah, for sure. Uh, Look, I'm going to recommend um, the book Atomic Habits. And the reason for that is it's not specifically a book about career change, but what it did for me was it just made me pay a lot more attention to the things that were important to me um, and the things that I wanted to be doing with my time. And I think that might be useful for people to think about, you know, where their time is going now and where they would like for it to be going And if you could offer one tip to someone listening who's really feeling in need of a change, but maybe they don't know if they're making the right decision or, you know, they're not even sure what options are out there for them. Do you have any final tip for them? I think it's all about really being true to yourself and being honest with yourself. And I think that that skills audit or that strengths audit is a really beautiful place to start. But also to think about like, what's missing from the day to day? Like what, what is not feeling satisfying and what would need to come into your work life for it to feel more satisfying and to have conversations with people and and try and figure out, you know, once you know what's missing and what you'd like to have and what you're good at, where's the intersection of, of those things um, yeah. And through talking to other people, I think you can connect dots in a way that you can't necessarily do on your own. Yeah, I think the talking is key. We can get so caught up in our own heads and, you know, some people can be worried about raising it because then it becomes real. But like making it real <laughs> is one of the first steps, I think, to actually moving forward and not staying stuck in the the thinking process. 
Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Emma. I really appreciate you sharing your story with us. Oh, it's my pleasure. It was, you know, it was wonderful to talk to you. And, you know, I I think the career change for me was the best thing that I've ever done. And I know for so many women, it can just be like an incredible game changer and just opens up a whole new world. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much. That was Emma McMillan, freelance copywriter and copywriting coach, who you can find at emmamcmillancopy.com. If you enjoyed this conversation, we'd love if you could share the link with a friend or leave us a kind review. And if you'd like to stay in touch, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook or LinkedIn at What She Did Next Podcast or subscribe to our newsletter at whatshedidnext.com.au. What She Did Next is produced and hosted by me, Jackie Uwe. Our associate producer is Catherine Cavill. And this podcast is made on Darawal country. Thanks for listening.